Hello. Hello. I'm Maxie. Hello, I'm Carolyn. And this is Mutable Immutables, the show where we quibble queerly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we remember to sh- exchange pleasantries along the way. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, how's it going? It's good. Things are good. Um, I'm conflicted. I'm test driving a mustache situation and i don't know how i feel yeah i don't know how i feel about her but other than that i'm good how are you the mustache is a very different look for you right it like makes a big difference yeah you used to kind of do the beard thing but yeah this is interesting yeah i don't know like i can't tell no i know i that's how i feel too and to be fully um honest with you i'm like looking at it i'm like i think it looks nice but also like right <laughs> i feel like i feel like it just needs to grow in a little bit more and then mm-hmm. i'll have like a full picture of your face with it yeah but i truly it, yeah. i truly don't know it's, it's experimental we're gonna yeah. we're gonna ride the wave we're gonna see what happens how are you good um guess what i did uh yesterday what did you do yesterday i won't say the name of the company but You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So for my part-time job, there was a team building activity in which we all had to go ride the um, comedy bus tour (laughs) downtown. (laughs) And Max, I had never done it before, obviously. It was really fun. (laughs) Like, it was Was really yeah yeah it was like educational because it was still taking you like downtown and pointed out like all the old buildings and how there's like so many art deco buildings because once that went out of style Asheville was broke and didn't rebuild anything but now it's kind of cool um and then obviously I know a lot of his fun facts I'm just sitting on the bus shouting Nina Simone Zelda Fitzgerald but anyway (laughs) it was fun um That's cool. The only thing I know about that company is that one time um, a non-binary friend of mine was like walking on the on the street and um, they on the bus had kind of gestured or indicated to my friend in a way that was not like the most respectful. Um, And also there was a person. No, just more kind of the energy of like like a tour guide at a zoo. Yeah, kind of that was like, well. There's a local Ashvillian. Look at how quirky that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. No, they did that on our tour too. Mm. Also, one it... of the people that works for or did work for that company, um, gave me really bad vibes. Um, in the in the interactions that I had with them, so I have never partaken in that specific experience. But I'm glad you had a good yeah. time. I mean, I don't know how much it costs. Like the company paid me for it, or paid for it, and like I was on the clock, so, and I was drinking. So, well, there you go. I have no complaints. As long as it wasn't the the fucking but yeah. pub cycle or whatever. Oh Jesus, no! But I can say your friend <laughs> probably was not being like unfairly targeted. It literally was like a thing where they told you to like oh. point and wave at people <laughs> outside the window, but hmm. obviously, you know, hey, I don't know. Anyway, um, so we're doing another educational episode. However, yeah, so yeah, it's <laughs> no. been a long time since we've done 
a content-based episode. So what's going yeah. on? Where are we picking up? What are we doing? So here's the problem. I'm doing this without notes because, like, I feel like the last couple – we've done, like, two or three. I feel like the last couple ones, I kind of had a theme. Like, at one point I talked about, like, the terminology. one point I talked about, like, kind of, like, the uh, tenement housing, like, resi- whatever it's called. Um, and at one point I talked about, like, the Harlem Renaissance. But now I'm, like, I didn't really have, like, a theme or anything specific to talk about. So I'm kind of doing, like, culmination. Like, let's just do an overview of, like – the 1900 to 1930 specifically in new york work right okay yeah so turn of the century right lots of immigration lots of um international trade new york is getting a fuck ton of money from their ports this is also like height of industrial era too right exactly or yeah so like yeah. money's flowing world war one hasn't started yet like we're moving and grooving um new york is making a lot of money from the ports obviously it's like a little island there's plenty of rooms plenty of room uh <laughs> did i mention i'm doing this without notes um <laughs> so <laughs> Anyway, but it's, like, not super organized, not super efficient. Probably one of those things where they didn't realize how much um, was actually going to be happening. So what would happen is these families or a representative from these families would kind of, like, stop the ship and, like, hold on to their um, goods and be like, I'll park your like I'll park your boat and load your shit onto the rail or whatever, but I'm gonna skim some off the top and you can keep bringing your stuff here. And same thing on the other side, like I'll I'll keep bringing you the goods that you need to bring inland, but I'm gonna skim some off the top, and you can continue to get your goods moving, right? And the U.S. Navy, I guess, was like technically had um jurisdiction over like uh what do you call it like a maritime travel and trade oh Um, okay yeah yeah yeah. but like it was not um this wasn't a priority really so these mafia families specifically the ones so there's okay (laughs) so there's five five mafia families in new york city right the five families I don't know if they all started in the Americas or if some were based off the Italian mob. I mean, some came from the Italian mob. Anyway, I'm well within six degrees of separation from one of the families, but that's not the one Exciting. we're talking today. Talking about today, and it's not the one we're going to talk about. So the Genovese, so the Genovese family. This is who we're talking about. So they had okay. control of eastern part of New York, the ports. Um, honestly, like, so I found this youtuber who i think this person and i have like the exact same like historical interests of like queer history and how it relates to like um like counterculture and that sort of thing and i got a lot of video- a lot of this information from them and their name is kaz row on youtube it's k-a-z-r-o-w-e um but anyway they described it as like it's kind of like 
the crime families is kind of like um, franchises where you can like work under them and use their name to make business happen for yourself, but you're not actually like the crime family is not actually doing a lot of the business. Wait, but you're you can you can work under the family as like a label, but yes, you're not part of the family. Yes, and like okay. like work for them. This is my understanding. So think of like a restaurant franchise. Think of like where we used to work, right? Mm -hmm. The owner of our franchise didn't have anything to do with the corporation, but right. he pays dues to the corporation to use their name so that we can gotcha, get gotcha, business. Gotcha. Okay. So mob and access works to the their same resources. Way. Yes. Yeah. So, um, hold on. I lo completely lost my train of thought. You might have to do a lot of bleeping when you're at, or like skipping ahead when you're editing. Let me think. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. So this is okay. So this just this is how it works for the first part of the 20th century, right? Like the mob controls a lot of New York City and it's how like plenty of people are making a living. Not that like they're good charitable people, you know. So how this relates to gay people is that the docks were also where a lot gay. of yes and yeah. um, sex work was happening, all of that sort of thing. So since all of these people don't have anywhere to go, the mafia is like, we're going to set up these bars and we're going to cater to you gay people because you don't have anywhere else to go because it's illegal to sell liquor to like debaucherous establishments or whatever, which means you know gay establishments. Right. So what the mafia would do was they would pay off the cops to look the other way, do super diluted uh, liquor, and charge up the ass for it. And that way, they made money, and gay people had a place to hang out. Work. Right? So, this is how Stonewall happened. So, right. they're so sick of being, like, upcharged and disrespected. And then also, like, they're still getting harassed by the police. So, like, why are we even... Like listening to you, Mr. Mafia Man, who owns the Stonewall in Fat Tony. Mm -hmm. So that's how Stonewall happened, right? So now where do I go with this? So, okay, yes. So, but, but it's not like this own separate thing because remember, uh, being gay wasn't like looked down upon yet really until the 30s. So, like, a lot of mafia members were like kind of in the life, like obviously not a lot, but like, so there was one um, person who got involved in a shootout and like, while he was recovering, he just always had these young men who were tending to him and taking care of him at all times. And people were like, Oh, they were just so tender, just like a, a female nurse. Um, uh, <laughs> love that for him. Yes. Um, and then well, also, and this was like, also before what 1948, I think, is when the whole uh, yes. homosexuality in the Bible thing Egg arose. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, and I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'll kind of get there in a second, because, but right now we're still like, gays are cool. Ish. Not cool, but like where, it was like entertainment. Is it like the it. Roman situation? Where it's like, you can you can be gay, you just can't be a bottom. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. and what it was is, I'm so jumping around here, I'm so sorry. But what it was okay. was like, we've talked about the fairies, 
who were either trans women or like feminine gay men, but they were um, taking the quote unquote female position, but they weren't Mm -hmm. looked at as like specifically like gay men, people who weren't trans or anything. They weren't looked at as like women. It was kind of its own separate thing. Like the fairies were their own separate thing. And then you also had this group called the wolves, but this is also sort of in the vein of rough trade where it's like, people who are otherwise quote unquote straight and like consider themselves straight even though we didn't really have the word straight or gay yet but their sexual preference was specifically for men but they did not want to get fucked and that was fine that didn't make you so this is like early abstract concepts of like gender and sexuality right so like fairy would be almost like a third gender type situation before we really had like the words for it or the the wolf sexual identity was kind of its own thing yeah see these these have always been around these ideas or or uh, punks because i'll always figure out a way to work punk rock (laughs) into it and that's where we get the name for punk rock originally used by lester bangs anyway um so yeah so you've got all these, um, like, so you've got this wave of immigration. All of these men are moving over to New York without their wives and children. Their wives and children are back home. So these are men just alone. And a lot of times they were Italian Catholic men emigrating over here. And the Catholic Church was so hardcore about do not have sex with women before marriage like they put such a hard emphasis on not having heterosexual sex that gay sex was like this not nearly as bad in comparison they're like Mm -hmm. okay there's no chance of pregnancy we don't know about stds yet like what could go wrong so there's like what they call a bachelor bachelor culture of like men working class like sexually frustrated because their wives and children are overseas Mm -hmm. and they're also living in like what we would now maybe call low-income housing because that's what they can afford but then it's also with a bunch of other like young working men in that same situation who are also sexually frustrated um this also kind of just leads into the whole don't ask don't tell culture where it's like nobody really minded, but it's also because they had, um, you could have plausible di- deniability. Like, right. this person's just coming into my room because we're friends. Like, mm-hmm. anyway. So, up until like the 20s, people were kind of cool with gays. It was like tourism to go watch drag shows and stuff in Times Square to the point where they would hire gay people to just be like an MC at like a Broadway show or like some other cabaret type thing. They would just like hire gay people to just be gay. Just be there. Just be gay. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, (laughs) And we've come full circle. Exactly. So this is around Times Square on it, obviously where, uh, you know, the Broadway circuit, but also um, I don't know if you have heard this about Times Square that it did not always just used to be um, how it is now. Oh No, it was different. It was just, it was stri- yeah, it was strictly for like, yes, red light district. So strip clubs, porn theaters, like the whole nine yards. And so. And it was honestly that way until I think what, the 60s, the 50s? Yeah. Um, um, Ed Koch 
when he was the yeah. mayor or governor or whatever. Um, which I don't have a year for. I don't fucking know. But yeah, you're about right with that timeline. Um, so Times Square. Slash, like, the theater district. Slash theater in general. So, 1920s-ish, the rise of both, like, kind of classic Broadway starting up, but then also... Oh, the Federal Theater Project. I don't know what that is, but you can talk about it. It was just around the the early 20th century. This is one of the very few things I remember, like, academically from my drama No, this is great. One of of the... um, Around the, the early... Um, 20th century, um, the 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 classic vaudevillian Broadway type shows that we know of today, um, not all the way out into the 40s, but largely in like the the 20s and 30s, and then a little bit into the 40s with the Great Depression and World War II, like skewed mm-hmm. some things. Um, theater and Broadway was um, federally funded by this government mm. project called the Federal Theater Project, um, which uh, enabled these artists and these performers to. Um, build these sets and write these shows and put these shows on and uh, honestly kind of served as a very loose early basis for the union structure that we know of today yeah and also for the the broadway structure that we know today because they had all these different theaters there and they wanted to you know promote art and culture at that time in the united states and the government was actually on board with it uh, instead of wanting everything to be privatized and run like a business, which is why it's so hard for theaters to make money now. Uh, but anyway, just a little yeah. fun fact there. Oh my gosh, no, that's so interesting. And you know I love that shit. Federal legislation affecting the culture. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so this is the very beginning, probably because it's getting subsidized at this point. Um, very beginning of like celebrity culture. So you have Mae West, mm. and you have Joan Crawford, and you have Marlena Dietrich. And because you have celebrities and now people are kind of fascinated with these larger than life figures, you get the rise of gossip magazines, which kind of used to be like local happenings, like in your neighborhood. But then, oh, like a Bridgerton thing. Exactly. But then you start getting like tabloids, one of which was called the Broadway Brevities. Um, the Broadway Brevities was. It had to do with, like, at first, just, like, happenings and kind of, you know, salacious gossip. But then it kind of took a hard focus on um, the gays and trying to warn everybody about the dangers of the gays. And they put out this piece called, like, A Night in Fairyland. And it's basically, like, you know, in, like, 2011 through, like, 2015, Vice documentaries were all the rage. And they would be, like... We sent this Dartmouth grad into oh. Cambodia and, or like yeah. into the mm-hmm. heart of El Salvador, like all these things. On like places. the Snapchat Explore page. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, he like, well, it's, it's rumored that the owner of the magazine is the one who wrote this and that he was like a closeted gay, but he wrote, he wrote this piece under a pseudonym. It's like a night in fairyland. And he's like, actually, I think I have an excerpt from it. I want to read. Hold on. Oh, we love that. Original sources. Oh my god, yes. This is amazing. Okay. From 1925, this is. What a dirty mess. Yes, it's about a hint of things present and things to come. Verily, in this year of our Lord, 1924, the question is, as a brilliant psychiatrist remarked to us the other day, not of who is, but who isn't. 
into the very warp and woof of our modern social fabric has eaten devastatingly this cancer of sexual inversion, wiping out manhood and womanhood, making a mockery of natural love, of normal behavior, wrecking homes and lives untold. The sickening stench of homosexuality is in the nostrils of all of us, and for all of us, its menace is stupendous. It is indeed the pestilence that stalks alike at new day and night, enfeebling and degrading our civilization, making a byword of all that is clean and sweet and of good repute. If in these articles, brevities has been able to abate this one jot of this epidemic of shameless lechery, then we feel our efforts have not been in vain, and to such noble purpose are dedicated the still more relentless exposures to come. Any thoughts? That's a very good reading. Um, yeah, why is that a Marjorie Taylor Greene tweet? Girl, so listen. <laughs> so listen. So this obviously sells like wildfire because people are so mm-hmm. interested in knowing about other people's lives. And they're, like, so fascinated with, like, the gays. They're going to drag shows because they're like, oh, my God, it's so crazy and interesting. Um, but also, he would be like, and then I went to this restroom at this particular place and saw men cruising. And then I went to this YMCA and I saw men cruising. So gay men looking for other gay men to cruise were like, oh, he went to this place and saw men cruising. Wait, so are you, saying, are you saying he was disguising a presentation of gay resources as a diatribe against homosexuality and the lifestyle. So it was like a coded, like, hey, this, the West bathroom at the, at the YMCA, you can go flip your willy out and, and touch it and stuff. Or I think I might've gotten confused. I don't think it was rumored that he was gay. I think it was rumored that he wrote that article and then oh. somebody else is rumored to be gay. I'm so sorry. So it was not a crazy. secret advertisement. So no, it's not a secret advertisement. It was him straight up being like, "Here's where to avoid to not see gay men." And then gay men were but like, "But then I bet the opposite happened." Exactly. So like, we really yeah. have this uh, the Broadway brevities to thank for like all these men meeting each other because then they were like, "Oh, here's where things are happening." Because you couldn't just Google search like gay bars. So Broadway brevities walked so Sniffies could absolutely run. Thank you. Um, This is not sponsored by Sniffies. (laughs) Um, I also hate that I just know what that is. Um, I'm a girl. Anyway. (laughs) Um, um, Yeah. So then basically everybody knows to go to Times Square um, and to hook things up. So, yes, we're in the 20s and everybody's like, rich and gay and like all these gay people know where to go to find each other and broadway is booming and everybody's glamorous and like it's after world war one and everybody just like the world is amazing and then black thursday the motherfucking stock market crashed and so the depression technically lasted from like 29 to 41 but honest to god it took until like the 50s for um, the stock market to be back or like the Dow Jones to be back at where it was before um, mm-hmm. the crash. But when times are hard, people tend to blame uh, immorality. So mm-hmm. they were like, these cultural escapades of the last decade, we are being punished. Like if all of you gays and heathens hadn't been out partying this never would have happened and now we're in a great depression even though there were very clear discrete factors that led to the depression happening yeah i mean it's obviously like people 
it's like right now moral pan it's just like a moral panic yeah no a lot of this is sounding very familiar to some of the discourse that's happening right now and also the economical trouble that seems to be brewing which interestingly enough from an astrological perspective um or i guess just more of like a spiritual perspective cycles like this happen every 80 years and so every yeah. 80 years at least for u.s history there's been some war and some major paradigm shift or uh shift in culture or perspective or whatever um and this was i mean what we're talking about it was over 80 years ago but i mean still yeah. big shifts yeah um so yeah uh 1929 the stock market crashes they finally end prohibition. And so if you remember when we talked about that, so when prohibition happened, everybody had to go underground to get alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, so like it wasn't seen as that like gay people and straight people were like partying in the same bars um, because that's the only place you could go to party. So mm -hmm. prohibition ends in 1933. We're in a depression. They're like trying to stimulate the economy any way we have. In 1941, Japan bombs Pearl Harbor. Right. So that's when the U.S. gets involved in World War II. And now you have men who are uh, 18 years old and in the military for the first time at the sexual peak of their life. And then you yep. also have the wax for the first time, which, of course, I don't remember what it stands for. I just know the cheat trick lyric. Uh, Mama told me when he served in the wax in the Philippines. Anyway, um, so not only were women in the workforce, women were like in the military for the first time. And also mm -hmm. like the wax put out this advertisement um, trying to like recruit women um, to be wax. And then uh, the woman they pictured was not only a lesbian, but they the other woman they chose to picture for this advertisement was her girlfriend. <gasps> Escandalo. <laughs> I, I love it. I know. Happy Women's so, History Month. We love that. Exactly. Anyway, so we're kind of like kind of a little gay again. So like 30s, we were like there was a depression. Everybody's like like men lost their jobs. They're already like concerned about like the the strength of the nuclear family and like men mm -hmm. are losing their jobs and so they uh like and nobody has extra income to go, like, have extramarital affairs um, and, like, go out on the town and that sort of thing. Like, we really return to the family unit. World War II happens. And then we kind of immediately get into, like, communism, scare, the Red Scare. Cold is what War. It's called, in the 50s. And they're, like, yeah. they're, like, we, the, the family unit is... A man, a woman, and 2.54 children, like a perfect American family. Like, that's the 50s. Like, microwave dinner, wife on quaaludes, uh, man, you know, probably still having extramarital affairs with other men. Oh, yeah. But, um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, and also during this time, that's when things got to the level of, like, marketability, at least in the U.S., that we recognize today with like the mass-produced um, products and all oh the, my God. the um, preservatives oh my God, yeah. and stuff. Um, and what's that? What's that fucking book about the? Um, uh, what is it? Um, the jungle. That oh, yeah. Um, Upton also, cars. Cars that happened too. and became 
very accessible for everybody. It this whole thing yeah. changed. Oh, and then so by this Eisenhower. Sorry, I'm jumping yes. ahead. Eisenhower, <laughs> yeah, was not president until he was yeah president in the fifties. But he's the one I think who, I think he he made it illegal for gays to serve public office. But like hmm. by the nineteen forties, like you so. Okay, so it used to be that if you were gay, you were charged with being a sexual pervert, which, lol. Um, but then later, you could also just be uh, charged if you were, uh, like, soliciting sex, like, in any way. So what cops would do was, like, kind of go undercover and look all handsome and, like, kind of pick up a dude or whatever and then arrest them when you know they're like let's go back to my mm -hmm. tenement housing um so entrapment so entrapment is legal you can't cross dress you can't like you can't um sell Sounds alcohol. very familiar yeah you can't sell uh liquors liquor in gay bars which is why the mob owns everything so like we went from gay people being like like celebrities to like making them illegal so yeah and, you That's know and that at. pendulum swings <laughs> that pendulum yeah. swings because now we have drag race yeah i know um yeah i don't really have much else to say that was kind of like the main bit of it um because like i said i didn't take notes and so i just have these thoughts swirling around in my head and it's not really helpful to anybody um, well, but no, we made I mean, it, but we made it to World War Two, and it is yes. World War Two changes everything too. Like, I mean, that's what my head is swimming with now, just like the ramifications of World War Two, yeah. and then the Cold War, and the and the fear of nukes and stuff like that, and then the the true birth of like the nuclear family, and then like I said earlier, the the way that marketability of mass produced products had changed and evolved, and and the way that those processes had evolved. Yeah. Um, Really, just, like, like so much changes in that time. Yeah. yeah, like a century past the Industrial Revolution, but like in a secondhand Industrial Revolution, like a a, a production revolution, a capitalistic yeah. revolution. <laughs> like, no, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, and it and, it was also that time that, um, I think an idea lot. Well, I mean, technically, if you want to really isolate it, the ideological shift between political parties, I think, would have been like. 1900 ish with teddy roosevelt but like god the whole fucking country changed from yeah. like 1940 or honestly following the great depression to the end of the world war really changed america and i'm very excited to talk about that yeah but also just um, the way that these cycles perpetuate and propagate like so much of what we're talking about today is still very salient with what's happening right now like with tennessee banning um drag and performances there um and also any bars or whatever that um host drag shows and things like that are labeled as what are they called like sexual businesses or something like that it's it's very very similar yeah uh that's why i wanted to read that quote from the broadway brevity because you just changed that language up a little bit and like it could have been a tweet <laughs> it, like, literally um, i've seen tweets just fucking like that yeah so um yeah, I don't know what the point of that was. I guess just like 
kind of summing up like our fun times as gays and like the 20s and how just like hard times just like stopped it and then like we were kind of getting out like coming out of the depression and now suddenly we're involved in a war like Mm -hmm. um and then suddenly you're a communist if you're gay but then with the 50s comes like the Mattachine Society and like the actual start of the gay rights movement. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's um, a lot that happened. There's a lot that went on. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was a lot. I'm going to listen back to this and cringe. Anything else you want to add or talk about? Well, so for how much, because you're the one that did the research, for how much of this time that we covered from, say, like 1900 to we'll say when did the what 1939 i guess how much of that time did the gay community at large basically spend in the pocket of or at the mercy of the mob oh i mean kind of i'm not really sure when the gay bar started i'm assuming like at least from like the 20s if not the turn of the century with prohibition oh yeah no definitely with prohibition but like could be as early as like the turn of the century, I think. See, now that's I want to really do. Now I want to do more um, mob research because <laughs> it was. Kind yeah, of fun. you should. There's actually I there just was, watched. There on was Netflix this one mobster. A, a about it. There was this one. I wish to God I would remember his name. He was part of the Genovese family. He would wear dresses and carry his gun in a purse. <gasps> okay, Carolyn, you have to find you have to find out who this person was, and we have to spotlight them because i'm obsessed with that just like first of all i love a little gun in the purse moment like i don't love i don't love guns at all even a little bit oh i love it's a hot bitch (laughs) with a little gun and a little purse just cunty just like i also pew 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 no but like so i feel like a lot of us know especially today a lot of us know kind of the basics of queer history that we've had to teach ourselves and so people might be familiar with like the handkerchief code and um which friend of i'm Judy. honest to god not even sure when that started um i think it was like 18 like late 19th century like yeah. late 1800s i'm not 100 percent sure it could have even been earlier but the the mob thing is so interesting because like me personally i didn't know until not that long ago that the mob played any role in the gay community at all i just like never conflated the two in any way whatsoever Um, yeah that's what's kind of interesting interesting. and that's like what the youtuber kaz Rowe was saying is that it wasn't even like two separate it wasn't like there was the mob and the gay community it was like lots of the mob was the gay community and also the gay community like was in business with the mob (laughs) oh my god is this where we get the term alphabet mafia <laughs> oh my god. No, I think we get Alphabet Mafia from some anonymous um 4chan post or something. Which god bless which that is person. Which is so annoying. Funny as shit. Um Although, you know, <laughs> I've heard of another rebrand. Uh I saw this on TikTok last night, another rebrand. Um the uh Elizabeth Qua. <laughs> I love. I love to <laughs> no say that. Way. Oh my god. <laughs> So As funny. a Lisbethois myself, see, it's like there's a panache. C'est français. There's some oh, je ne sais quoi. Lisbethois. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. Hilarious. 
Um, nice. I'll try to have better notes next time. To be honest, I just like could not be asked. Um, I get it. But now no, that we're... And it, there's like a lot going on, and it it like broad no. strokes is good, especially getting back into it. You know. Yeah. Well, and also like, it was. It's just hard to research like gay history before like mm-hmm. the fifties. <laughs> like, it wasn't well hard. documented. People didn't really care. No. Um. Yeah. All right. Well. Um. Let's switch gears then. What are you What are yeah. you into this week, or the last Max, two weeks? I guess you know what the fuck I'm into. What are you oh, into? Horror movies. Ah. Okay, so, this is what you were into a couple weeks ago. I think you were in the middle of oh, watching, yeah, I was Scream, watching right? Scream. Yeah. Um. So what happened was, um, somebody, a family friend, uh, the person who introduced me to horror movies, traumatized me as a child, but like sparked my love for them. Um, okay. he's now on hospice, um, and he was oh. an important adult in my life, so, um. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I'm, it's pretty sad. He's really young. Uh, but because I'm thinking of him, I'm, like, I'm, like, really into horror movies right now. Um, and so, Max, have you ever watched Terrifier? No. Okay. It came out in 2016. I swear to God, that's my favorite movie I have seen in a while. It was really? kind of in the same vein of Scream, where it's super, like, campy. like Self-aware. Yeah. And it's, like, a oh, scary God. clown. But, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, he is evil and, like, sadistic. And it's fucked up. And, like, I recommend it to my friend, but I, like, actually gave her a trigger warning for this one scene because it's so traumatizing, but I'm, like, laughing and cringing at the same time. Um, it, it was just, like, hilarious and also horrifying. Um, are you pulling up a picture of what he looks like? Well, <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm looking through some production photos and through the cast now. Um, I definitely agree with, with the word that they chose for it. Cause that's pretty fucking terrifying. It's so scary, isn't it? It's a it's a scary clown, but he's all black and white. Um, but just like whoever plays him though is just like so good and so much physical humor. I can answer um, that for you. Okay. David Howard Thornton. Okay. Shout out to you, Dave. Don't know who that is. Um, but <laughs> the best part is keep it up, Dave. It's it's all practical effects. It's practical oh, effects, not CGI, I not CGI, not CG fucking eye. So yes, I love it. But um, so I watched Terrifier, and the second one came out last year, and I have heard that it is just like beyond amazing. So I really want to watch that. Um, but Art the Clown was also featured in All Hallows Eve, which came out in 2013, which I also watched, which was like an interesting concept, I guess. I don't know how much I liked the execution, but it was the introduction to Art the Clown. And then I went back in time and I watched Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers. Where'd you get those peepers? Um, so I watched that. And then I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the namesake for um, a song off the Ramones' debut album, Chainsaw, that goes like this. <clears throat> Texas Chainsaw Massacre took my baby away from me. <laughs> so i watched I the it. texas chainsaw massacre for the first time and then i just loved it so much that i immediately had to start reading like 30 pages worth of uh film analysis on it. 
because work it's just so okay (laughs) this this is like old movies i feel like when we watch stuff like that or like friday the 13th halloween now it's like okay whatever i've seen like uh fucking insidious like i've seen all these super Mm -hmm. creepy demon movies but like imagine you're in the audience in 1973 or wait no friday the 13th i think came out in like 1980 but like and then all of a sudden you see like a hacksaw to the face meanwhile it's a a styrofoam hacksaw and fake blood but right the sound design and like all that stuff like just imagine you're 1973 ah! <laughs> so no this is yeah, this is, is a so soapbox cool. That I can't get on right now because we don't have the time. But like, yeah, no, but you get wrong, it. You get it. Computer animation is beautiful, and I do love seeing how it progresses and watching like all these realistic, incredibly blended special effects and and the textures that we see. I was just talking to a coworker the other day about the evolution of like textures in animated films with like grass and hair and yeah. water. It's been crazy and amazing to watch, but nothing fucking does it like some practical effects. Because you had to compensate for what you can't do with just computers. Like yeah. today, it's all computers. Everything's computers. The movie is the computers, you know. But it, you'd be it on didn't that phone. used to be. <laughs> it's because you'd be on that phone. But it didn't used to be. And people yeah. had to like actually – let me not say that because that was about to sound really dismissive. People are actually working on animation now. That is true. Oh. But people had yeah. to actually like physically work like with their hands and like hard raw materials in different ways to not only just to build sets and props because that's like a given but also the technology that we had to like design sound and lights and like other special effects and filters and things like that was so analog like i've seen some of it having dabbled in some lighting design in college um and just seeing things from the old ways but jesus fucking christ it's so interesting I love it. Anyway, sorry, I can't go there. <laughs> no, I love it. I don't know. I yeah. I just I love horror movies. I love a slasher. I love the misogyny. Like yeah, <laughs> give those men a quick death and hang the woman on a meat hanger. <clears throat> that good old seventies misogyny. Yeah. At least they're consistent, you know. I know. Um, <laughs> but so yeah. Uh, what else have I? Hold on. I feel like I've watched. Something else since we last talked. Oh, Martyrs. I watched Martyrs, but I watched the 2016 American version. And I really liked the concept, but I think I need to go back and watch the French one. Um, yeah. Mm. It, it's I just don't know like, anything you, about I, either of those. I love a religious um, horror theme. And this is all about like um, the afterlife. And yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm going to watch the French French version and get back to you. But anyway, you should watch Terra. You like horror movies, don't you? I can never remember which of my friends do. Loosely, I like them when they're campy. I don't like it when it follows me for like days or weeks. Okay, you might not like Terrifier then, to be quite honest. Um, Midnight Mass was kind of Midnight Mass was kind of iffy for me, just because that like final shot just like stayed with me. It's still with me. What of them all like burning on the beach or whatever? Well, the the instant cutoff from like them singing to them being silent burning not yeah there. and being yeah. ash i'm like oh yeah. my god yeah yeah that's why i like so, mike okay. flanagan's other stuff like haunting of hill house and haunting of bly manor like that's just like incredible yeah. character work 
and writing. Um, and it doesn't make me like feel spooked. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's what I've been into. What are you into? Very nice. Very nice. Um, me, I have been into a couple things. Um, first and foremost, kind of on a similar vein, um, I have watched uh, The Murdoch Murders. Have you watched oh that yet? Yes. Well, yeah. No. Oh, wait. You're talking about like a Netflix or whatever. The Netflix Isn't there like a limited special series? On it? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't. But a friend of my mom's is like from that town. And so, like, right. my mom has been very into it since this happened. And I am too because that's an insane story. But no, I've not watched the special. Oh, yeah. Limit. Well, it, it kind of makes me think of when there was an episode of uh when trixie was talking about like making a murderer and since that had happened in like the area she grew up in when the special came out she was like we're still talking about that you know so it's like part of me feels that way since it was (laughs) so close to home i'm like but also you know he did just get sentenced um yeah i never thought about it i don't i don't know i feel like it was a big story when it first happened but maybe that is just because we're kind of local to where it happened i don't know i mean yeah it's also it's it's pretty national now i mean like i said he did just get sentenced and and the trial was happening and it's also Um, an insane story like very but yeah it's wild and so i recommend you watch it because like there was a lot more to it than i thought there was like my like what i knew about it going into it was that you know he had killed his wife and son what Mm -hmm. i did not know spoiler alert to those of you who haven't watched it yet was that um there was another murder, which is what they spend the first and then half of the second episode talking about. There was another murder um, that his son, that his younger son was kind of complicit in, if not directly complicit yeah. in. And then there was another that recently, murder yeah. that his other son was complicit in or tied to um, that was like kind of a hate crimey situation. Okay, um, no, that's the one I heard about. There was a mysterious death of a housekeeper there's like a bunch of deaths tied to this family that's not just the ones that he was on trial for um and it's wild yeah and there's there's only three episodes and they're each only about 45 minutes long like maybe they kiss an hour but they're not over an hour Um, maybe they kiss they cover a lot maybe they kiss and maybe they were murderers um what did you say it was on netflix or something it's on netflix it's called uh the murdoch murders um, yeah, so um, my coworkers and I have kind of been into that. We've been chatting about it. Additionally, I am into a couple games on my phone because we know we know me. We love a gamer love girl. Same game. moi. Um, the year is twenty twenty three. I have started playing The Sims. Um, oh. not on the computer, but on my phone because the one on the computer I feel like is way too complicated for me. But I've been oh. having a lot of time playing Chaos God um on uh on sims on my phone uh nice. it's great there's already drama happening my main sim her husband is secretly gay with um this really really awful um <laughs> like closeted republican politician um and it's this whole i don't know i i love the drama um nice. so so i like that one a lot and then there's also this um this cute little like plant idol game called terrarium all it is is you just have Mm. plants on a shelf oh cute and you can tap them and get points and then you can use those points to either upgrade your plants or buy new ones it's 
I love it. I love it very much. Yeah. Those so are like very I'm different. Into. You're like, in one game, I'm touching my plants. In another game, the husband's having a salacious affair. <laughs> it's the duality of envy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, and then lastly, um, do you have any little victories recently that you would like to share with the class? Oh, shoot. Oh, God. Why? There's always one segment I forget about. Um. <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> not that I can think okay, of. Okay, no. You, I'm sure you I'm got sure it. Could be so minor. <laughs> I am like actually blanking on everything I did in the last two weeks. For the folks at home who cannot see the video component to this, <laughs> Carolyn has the most confused and bewildered, almost miffed look on her face. <laughs> no, I am because like. I literally can't remember doing anything besides working. I've just given her a crisis. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean. Have you done a oh, chore you know recently? What? You know what? You know what? You know what? I I have had a victory. I made a friend yesterday. We Oh, hell yeah. Place. Yeah, we work at the same place, but I had just never met her. But then we went on the comedy bus tour together, and she was really nice. So. There's a victory. I made a friend. There we go. There we go. Good. Oh my god, that was so wow. (laughs) That was a struggle. And here's another little victory for you. You figured out what it was. Boom. We take it all. Yeah. For me, uh, I mean, not a whole lot. The last couple weeks have been super busy and crazy with work and everything, and I've just been like so stressed and so exhausted every day. Like yesterday, I literally worked like an 11 hour shift, and then I came home and somehow still had the energy to like do a bunch of dishes and stuff. So my little victory is keeping my house in order and maintaining my chores while I have been just so busy because it is so easy for me to enable myself even just a little bit to not do anything. It's like, uh, I had to work an extra two minutes today. I'm going to, I'm going to sit down instead of, you know, doing whatever. I deserve a break. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. The, the, you deserve it mentality. Worst thing to ever happen to me. I did. I don't know if you're like this. Sometimes I am like, don't do shit all week and then like in one day I'll like go get my laundry and before I switch my laundry I'll go get the mail and then I'll switch my laundry and then I'll go to the grocery store and then I'll yeah. fold my laundry and then I'll take out the trash and then I'll vacuum the floor and a I chore just, day. Like, do it. I just do everything at once like what yeah. <laughs> anyway that's what I that's usually what I do. do because yeah. I don't have like the energy on like a weekday cuz the deal I've made with myself is I'm like okay because I'm not, like, super messy, and also my apartment isn't really big enough for me to, like, really make a huge mess. And so I'm like, okay, if I can if I can take care of the things that I need to take care of to keep my house in order on the weekends, then I can come home after work during the week, and I can be tired, and I can play The Sims on my phone or my little yeah. terrarium game or whatever, as long as I take care of that other stuff on the weekend, Yeah, uh, which is what I usually do. Yeah, I just like rely on the fact that I know at some point I'm gonna like be sick of myself not doing anything, and I'll be like, I mm. need to get some shit done. It just happens. Yeah. Well, we do. Um, what we okay. do. Yeah. Any final anything thoughts? Anything else? Um, no <laughs> thoughts. I'm thought. Uh, what is it? No thoughts. Head empty. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much same here. Yeah, I am um, going to try to take better notes because I am actually like so interested to hear the whatever narrative i just spit out 
I want to know. I want to know more about the the mob situation. I want to learn yeah. more about that. I feel like as soon as I started talking about it, I was like, hmm, I don't know nearly enough about the origins of the mob to talk about like how it started. I just know how it affected like the early twentieth century. So I'll look into it. My only research has yeah. consisted of I've watched the first two Godfathers, and I think Al Pacino <laughs> is super hot. Yeah. I love an Italian. Yeah, and you're so right for that. <laughs> okay um yeah that's all all i got well um thank you everyone so much for listening to those of you that have um if you have enjoyed our content and would like to hear more from us uh you can follow us on instagram at mutable immutables you can follow us on twitter at immutables pod uh you can find us on youtube also at mutable immutables uh and you can find the podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts um there's a small technical glitch right now with spotify (laughs) so only episodes 18 and beyond i think are available but we're working on getting that sorted out um but yeah and also if you are happy to have us back or if you like the content (laughs) that you hear every four months um then feel free to rate us on on apple podcast rate us five stars on spotify rate us five star all that stuff give us a thumbs up leave us a review whatever i don't i don't know the full spiel but y'all know show us some love if you can we appreciate it yeah. All right, well. Okay. Bye. Bye.